The USFL Gambling Podcast Week Two Preview Picks and DFS episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Yes, use the promo code SGPNBA to get ten percent off everything in the store. Everything, including our USFL Gambling Podcast T-shirts and sweatshirts. So hop on over there and remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. Football is a unique American experience. A game described by one turn of the century critic as crude and barbaric with little chance of survival. But survive it did. SFL gambling podcast. And remember folks, obviously subscribe to wherever you listen to podcast at, but also you can watch us on YouTube, youtube.com uh, USFL gambling podcast. You might just be wondering who the hell you're listening to. Is this guy just is yelling at you about how excited he is about the United States football league. Well, my name is Colby swinging database dent, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm dying in this fucking country ass fucked up town. Shit flying in my mouth. The fuck? I can't see pilot. Let's get the fuck out of this country, mother. <laughs> I smoke and I drink and um, I don't have stress and I'm healthy. <laughs> Week one did not disappoint, folks. I'll be honest. Thought the quality of play was ahead of the Extreme Football League, although I did appreciate the Extreme Football League's home environments. <laughs> All right, and I host the XFL Gambling Podcast, but I'll be honest. I thought, especially the first three games, were ahead of schedule. As far as you know, continuity. We keyed in on this. We'll talk more about it in a second. I'm joined by my co-host. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, well, how you doing, pal? Let me get you a little music, a little techno Super Bowl action. Yeah, but. Life is grand, brother. Yes, it is grand when you have spring football leagues. Look, I love them all. All right, um, I uh, USFL is probably my favorite, but give me 
Give me the XFL. Give me the CFL. Give me the World League. Give me all that good stuff. We are joined. ELF. All right. We are joined by third man in the boot, the DFS God himself. And you better believe we're giving away our DFS lineups because mine hit for some straight cash last week. Boom. Give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking. Home brew making. Tobacco road living. The free line giving. Former, former Herndon Basketball League MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. There we go. Finally, I started a little too soon that time. <laughs> that works. That works. It's okay. Sometimes you gotta wind it up. I just wanted to play some music. I love that theme song. I could listen to that all day. I could drive around Los Angeles here, just listen to that, waiting for the Los Angeles Express. And now, you know, Oakland just the no more of the Oakland A's. Get the Oakland Invaders playing back at the Oakland Coliseum, folks. Let's go. That um, would actually be a really smart move, considering they have. Well, they, I, is the Golden State Warriors still Oakland? No. Not really. So no, they have no they professional move. sports team. No, dude, they're full out San Francisco. Most Oakland people right. I know are kind of out on them. Right. Um, oh, that man. makes a so, ton of sense yeah. for the USFL or somebody else to start a football franchise there. Yes, Oakland Invaders, Invaders back. Come on, let's go. The A's you can't get rid of the A's, folks. What do you guys think of uh, Week One's action? Because I was uh, pleasantly surprised. If I'm just quickly, I know we got to get into our picks and DFS and everything, but. Um, the biggest takeaway for me was a, I think I saw one of the best performances by a quarterback ever in a spring league with Josh love and the Michigan Panthers. Look, you normally never see a completion percentage rate that high in these leagues, right? For sure. And to have like, what is it? 22 attempts and only two incompletions. Holy shit. I mean, look, We've watched. I watch CFL. I I mean, Flutie. You can probably find some Flutie or like Jeff Garcia stuff. But I'm saying, especially in the leagues that haven't been around much, AAF, uh, XFL back in even in 2000 or 2021 or 2020 or this year or the USFL last year, you don't see offensive outputs like that from from the quarterback completing the ball. So I don't. Is that a testament to how bad Jeff Fisher is? (laughs) Perhaps. But is that a testament to how bad Kirby Wilson is for cutting him? Perhaps. Uh, but that one was the, one of the bigger takeaways. Obviously, Birmingham uh, looked great against uh, New Jersey, uh, especially red zone defense. Uh, New Jersey got inside the twenty five times, only come away with one touchdown. That told the oh, tale in that game. That was a heartbreaker for you because I know uh, I know Jersey was uh, was one of your ones that you were expecting to cover, and they they really came close. Well, it's a uh, touchdown by DeAndre Johnson. Mike Pereira, I'll accept that apology any day now. Patty C, um, quit being so modest. You were the only one on the show last week that was laying the points with Birmingham. Throw your <laughs> dick up in the air. Take credit for it. You got that one right. Yeah, I got it right. But uh, the, he did score a touchdown. There's no <laughs> yeah. doubt about it. Well, well even if they would have added on seven points, Birmingham still would have covered. Okay. Well, here's the thing it, that all definitely changed the uh, outcome of the game because were they down uh, a seven instead of fourteen uh, in the wait? fourth quarter. Maybe they don't go for seven again. Maybe they kick the three. And then at that point, New Jersey covers. So uh, Patty, see, we got to have a talk, man. You got to work on your talent game. Okay. Yeah. You only have excuses <laughs> when you lose. Okay. <laughs> when you I'll, get it right, you, you were on the right side and don't try to, you know, diminish. I predicted it all. That's I'll, right. I'll, I'll <laughs> say this. And I know we're, we're, we already did a reaction show episode, but uh, Deandre Johnson, four of 13 for uh, 29 yards, ain't cutting Ooh. it. And, and a lot of those got blocked at the line of scrimmage. He just didn't look very accurate. Now Dakota Prokop from the CFL coming in. Whoo! 
That yeah. guy could play. That guy could play. And then obviously Trey Williams, late scratch, just like we found out Mark Thompson wasn't playing for the Houston Gamblers. Those are probably big, big deals. But for sure. And I love Mike Riley. But you got to give Darius Victor the ball more. Eight carries, eighty-nine yards, eleven point one yards a rush, and you only give him eight carries. <laughs> Seriously, what's going on? What's going on? And on, on the other side of the ball, uh, well, he he's an unknown commodity, right? He he was not league MVP or <laughs> offensive MVP last year, so yeah, maybe was, they weren't was, ready uh, to give him the ball. Only runner-up, yeah. Uh, yeah. But Jamar Smith' first pass of the season was like a sixty-yard touchdown, but then. The news this this uh, this week that uh, he's out for the season. They lose him for the season. They also lose Marlon Williams for the season. So instantly, anyone that's got a future on I don't know every team in the league, you're feeling a lot better knowing they got hit with those injuries. Now, Miguel, can, pl- can I ask a question real quick? Jamar Smith is out with a a, a, a hurt finger for the year. What the hell did he do to his finger? Uh, I, I don't know. Broke his broke his thumb? Maybe I don't know. I think it's on his left hand too. You can't like you know. Wrap that up, a finger. I don't know. You got nine more, don't you? I don't know, but I saw him tweet that he was upset about it. So I mean, I'm buying into it. No, I'm saying 1962, Nick. No, but you know, usually someone's out for the year. And but granted, the year is ten games. It's not like it's the NFL where it's 18 weeks. Maybe he could have came back if it was almost double. But usually, it's a it's a knee, it's a shoulder, it's not a finger. You usually have fingers, you know, a couple weeks or something. So he must have really messed it up. Well, the impr- yeah. the good thing if you're a Birmingham fan is Alex McGo's started a lot of games for them, yeah. so maybe they don't miss a beat. But um, the Marlon Williams injury is huge, and then what the hell? Bo Scarborough two rushes for negative one yards. Luckily, he had mm. one catch mm. for five yards mm. to get us something. But <laughs> I I was perplexed. What's he in the doghouse? What's going on there? Because not only yeah. CJ Marable, I mean a lot of guys had carries uh, in this game besides. Scarborough, so something is up unless Scarborough's uh, known to do this though. You know, I don't know if it's an effort thing, if it's a condition thing. I think he has a history of this. When he is on the field and when he is in decent shape, the guy is an animal. But maybe he's not the hardest, uh, you know, worker in practice. Who knows? We're you know, but it, it was surprising. And and also, by the way, I had Scarborough and Marlon Williams in my DFS lineup. Other than those two, I did pretty nice, but of course they 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 sunk my boat big time, and you know, and that's why I didn't win any money week week one. So, yeah, that that both of those were surprising, definitely. Well, Scarborough at this point, real quick, uh, his his game logs, which started in week five of last year, uh, total uh, rushing yardage twenty five one hundred four one hundred fifty four thirty one thirty eight thirty nine one thirty five in the uh, championship game, so. He's he's gonna pop it for a hundred, or he's going for thirty, or he's going for negative, negative. one. This I, think, yeah. I think it's a yeah. lack of touches is what's concerning. Yeah, yeah, May, must have been in the doghouse or something. But I can tell you this: uh, I was surprised they actually went out. You, if you remember last year with the Michigan Panthers, Lamichael Petway was a pretty decent player on their shitty offense. Um, the Stallions did sign him throughout this week. Interesting mm. signing. I was expecting a lot of signings. I know that one happened. I know also the generals brought back Jamon Moore, a wide receiver who played for them last year and they cut a corner to get him. Also Isaiah Zuber, who was a very good receiver for the Houston gamblers back with the Houston gamblers as well as corner Elijah Jones. But I was shocked that um, I was shocked that Sloter was not signed by either the gamblers or the Pittsburgh Maulers because Watching those two teams and quickly, we'll, we'll just the the, the Mahler's defense looks awesome. Actually, Mahler's defense, I was really impressed by. Um, 
their they offense still gave is, up over 300 yards in the air. True, but they created a lot of turnovers too. Like I just felt like what they had that defensive touchdown, and I just feel like they were per, they were tough. That the, you know the yards per the, the run defense or the run defense was strong against uh, New Orleans, but they don't look very good. And Houston, I think, looked like the worst team in the league. And I I. Both of them have glaring weaknesses at the quarterback spot. You got Kyle Slaughter, who was one of the league leaders a year ago, just sitting out there. What are you doing? Bring him in. At least have him as a backup to throw in the game because the guy has obviously had a great, great success preseason NFL, and then obviously put up some good stats last year in the United States Football League. I don't I would, understand I that would, one. I would imagine that nobody wants to overreact from one week. Now, if it's more of the same in week two, I think maybe you'll see some moves then. You know, but going up through training camp, through practice, you got a couple quarterbacks. You think you can make one of them fit, but yeah, you know, especially again with a, just a ten game season. If you're zero and two, you better start to do something to right the ship, and that might be the signing of a quarterback. Yeah, go get them, go get them, and uh, uh, Memphis Showboat's offensive line looked a lot better. Now I know Brady White had bad interception, chaining stribling. We cashed on the over a half an interception on the first drive of the game. I, I wonder if anybody found that bet. I know I yeah. threw that out there kind of jokingly. Well, seriously, but I didn't think I, I could actually find that bet. I wonder if that was out there somewhere. Underdog fantasy, get on over there. But uh, uh, the Memphis offensive line to me looked like they almost won that game. Yeah. And I was impressed. I think they, them, well, Michigan, I think was the team that just looked a lot better. Definitely. And, and I would say Memphis looks, looks better. And then with the stallions taking some hits injury wise, also, New Orleans got the win. They didn't look amazing, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. But before we get it, also, how about this one? I guess I, I got to get, get us paid in a second here. But uh, if I looked at the AAF in 2019, 12 interceptions in the first week, the XFL in 2020, uh, eight interceptions. Uh, then you had the USFL last year that I think uh, was nine interceptions, then XFL 12. This year, four, four for week one. I thought the quarterback play was pretty yeah. good. Line of scrimmage play. That's okay. what I mean. And when I compare it and say I think the USFL is better than the XFL, I'm simply saying that I believe the teams are better. I love the home atmosphere in DC and in St. Louis in the uh, the XFL, and I would love to see the USFL move to markets next year. But I, as far as like quality teams, I just think there's so many better. Uh, yeah. USFL teams on the line of scrimmage, which then leads for better passing and better rushing. So I don't know. It's unfortunate. It all though. starts up front. Sorry, Patty, go ahead. Because I enjoyed the interceptions. I liked the defense, you know, and, yeah. and the defense generating stats and big plays. But that is kind of what happens, uh, you know, as these teams get more experience, more crisp on offense. Well, you still have a fine line. Yeah, you I think still you want to see good defensive plays that that result in turnovers. You don't want to see just awful offense where it's just, just like giving the ball away to the defense because then it I just do. looks like bad football. <laughs> well, you still saw. I mean, what the Michigan Panthers had a pick six. The the Maulers scored a, a defensive touchdown. So you still saw two out of the yeah. four games have defensive touchdowns. So yeah. In the uh, chat, our guy Kitch says the breakers have potential. I agree with him. I think I'm a little bit higher on the breakers than Colby is, mm. but we gotta shall learn how see. to gotta learn how to run the ball. All right, you gotta be able to. You gotta run the ball in these leagues. All right. Uh, oh yeah, t- yeah, t- yeah. Tell that to uh, Philly. Well, who, Case who Cook only is, went to the the championship last year? Oh no, but Case Cookers was running for like 80 a game. 
All right, eighty a game. That was one run. <laughs> no, honestly, dude, I played him in DFS a lot. He was running the shit out of the ball. He was the leading yeah, rusher on the yeah. team this last week. Well, yeah, but I mean, he probably had the most carries too because they are a very pass-heavy offense. True, true. But go back to the Jim Mora, Calvin Bryant days. They got it done on the <laughs> ground. All right, let's go. All right, folks, I want to tell you that the USFL Gambling Podcast. On the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks, brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes, the NBA and NHL playoffs are here. What better way to get down on some uh, player prop parlays and over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides the daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also already got NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half a million dollars in prizes. Whoo, half a million dollars. Uh, plus, like I mentioned, XFL. USFL. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Let's go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we are back on the United States Football League uh, gambling podcast, and uh, I'm excited for this next week, guys. Uh, now, I will also rattle off this. I don't know how much this matters to uh, to you guys, but it's uh, I find it interesting the the battle back and forth. So uh, the USFL's ratings were up four percent from a year ago, nice. and and they also they they didn't have a game. So competing with what was that? the NBA playoffs um, and competing with the XFL, which I think everyone was interested in, you know, seeing how this would break down. Uh, so total for the weekend, USFL had 3.15 million viewers and the XFL 2.35. Now some of that's because the XFL obviously plays on like ESPN two and stuff, but um, either not way, a good sign for the XFL. They're in, they were, that was week eight for them, right? Nine week, nine, week yeah. nine for them. Yeah. yeah. So their season's widening down. You would kind of hope I know it's not always true that you kind of hope for more viewership as the season goes on. Sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes like your opening week is more, you know, and then it it might tail off and then plateau or something, but probably not a good sign for the XFL. If the USFL has more viewership right off the bat. Well, they have the also though, AB, you know, XFL had one game on ABC, two on ESPN, one on ESPN two, and then USFL had two on Fox, one on NBC. That's why I think USFL has a little bit of an advantage from their uh, only one game on cable. That was FS one. Um, and there's a there's already a little history from last year, so there's true. there's interest coming out the gates here true. that hasn't been built in for the XFL. I'm going to say this, you know, I I kind of disliked the XFL just based on the assumption that it was going to be you know Disney esque and a little bit soft and a little bit you know whatever PC and not allowing them to actually play the sport of football. Aside from the kickoff, I've been pretty pleasantly, you know, it's football. They are playing football in the XFL too. And I think these two leagues can coexist. I hope they compete and uh, both are putting up pretty decent numbers. You said, what, what, what was it? Three point what for the USFL? Uh, 3.15 million considering NHL and NBA playoffs going on at the same time. And then for the XFL 2.35 million, both sustainable. Yeah. I'm not trying to bomb on the USFL or I'm sorry, in the, on the XFL. I'm just saying, I don't like the kickoff, but I do like 
I love having the league there. Yeah. I, I, USFL I is cooler. Yeah, of course. You the I'm a USFL guy yeah. personally. Yeah. And there's no doubt in my mind that human being and fish can coexist. I can't find that <laughs> clip, but I was looking for that. Um, but yeah. Okay. Let's, let's get into Shout it. Shout out to judge dread in the chat. He says it's time for Magoo. Oh yeah. Magoo Magoo. It's going to be Week a lot two, of fun. Magoo. So Saturday, Saturday, uh, first game, nine 30 AM on the West. This is on the USA network. So I expect a little bit of a dip ratings wise. Uh, Cause you're trying to, unless you're trying to watch uh, you know, NCIS um, look, Houston gamblers, new Orleans breakers, breakers are laying six. Let's six. talk about line movement. There's been a couple games where there's been some major line movement from the, from two, basically Tuesday to Thursday, some, some big time line movement. This is one of them. Oh yeah. And um, you know, the gamblers did not look very good, but over under at 39, um, gamblers are plus one ninety five on the money line. Breakers are minus two thirty. Now you you go back and look at what occurred in week one. I mean, I thought the gamblers looked like clearly the worst team, and I I I, I say that just because the defense did not look good, giving up no. that much. Josh Love looked like fucking Doug Flutie two point in the USFL or Jim <laughs> Kelly two point um, Ken, uh, Kenji Bahar looked like uh, what? Who's yeah. the skinniest man alive? <laughs> yeah. Well, that looked like that, Kevin Durant out there. Well, another thing that was shocking is you see, you know, New Jersey. I was, you know, Dakota Prokop looked good. I was surprised. I kind of thought they were going to give the keys to DeAndre Johnson the whole season. Same, you saw it in Birmingham. No, maybe that was injury related. Maybe that wasn't. But you saw even with uh, Josh Love throwing that well, they brought in Carson Carson Launchair Strong, and Houston's one of the only teams that said no. We don't have a second quarterback. <laughs> And uh, Bahar, 13 of 22, 59%, 109 yards, two interceptions. It's a 34.1 QB rating. Not very good. You have to wonder how long his, his leash is. But to your point, maybe they don't really have anybody behind him. And, and that could be troubling. And that's why maybe they should sign somebody after this week. That's why I was surprised when I saw they were benching when Co- when Cozart was a D, like he was, he was inactive. I was like, really? Felt like he was. If I had to guess blindly, the best of the three, but I've been wrong before. So here we are, guys. Look, Mark Thompson's situation were still pending. Obviously, that offense, he was the gas to that offense a year ago. He did not play last week. One of the better running backs in the league. TJ Pledger, the former Utah Ute, went 16 for 41, two touchdowns, but uh, 2.6 yards of rush. Ain't going to cut it. They brought in Isaiah Zuber at wide receiver. They still got Ratliff Williams. They got Brandon Barnes at the tight end spot. They got some question marks though. And I gotta be honest, I can't take Houston. I'm still laying the number with the breakers. The over unders at 39. I tend to lean under here. Uh, curious, curious, Nick, your take here. Yeah. So the problem with the gamblers was that their offense was probably the worst in the league last year. They uh, only averaged, I'm sorry, not last year, last week, only averaged 3.7 yards per play. They were under 100 yards in passing and rushing, so they really couldn't do anything. And to make matters worse, their defense was also probably worst in the league, giving up the highest point total to Michigan at 29, allowing what 237 passing yards and three total passing touchdowns. Dude, I mean, you, you got to be good at something. You got to be good at offense or defense. They're not good at either. I don't see how you bet on the gamblers. This game, I, I saw that at minus four on Tuesday. Now it's minus six. 
I'm still going to ride the breakers because I like what I saw from McLeod Bethel Thompson. He stepped in his first game. Those are over 300. Uh, the passing attack with Jonathan Adams, Johnny Dixon, Sage Surratt coming. He was on a was he on Birmingham, Birmingham last year? Birmingham, the tight year. end from Wake Forest. Yeah, that passing attack looks really nice, and I think they're just going to get better as the season progresses. And also, the uh, Breakers were the least penalized team last week, so maybe John D. Filippo can do a little bit of coaching. So and, I want to lay the points. And McLeod Bethel Thompson gutsy run in that game for a first down threw his whole body on the line. This guy, he's not like a lot of these other guys in their twenties. This guy's like 34 years old. Mm-hmm. I love it. He reminds me of uh, <laughs> Paul Blake necessary <laughs> roughness. Let's go. Armadillo, uh, the armadillos. Yes. Uh, Eileen, I'm underneath. forgetting what's that? Sorry. I was going to say, I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Didn't uh, wasn't one of the big plays that potentially led to a score for uh, Houston, that punt return. Or what was that? A no, touchdown? P- Pittsburgh had a punt return. Oh, Pittsburgh. Uh, no, De Filippo D- uh, was. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Because they, they played. Oh, yeah. They're playing Pittsburgh last. They played Pittsburgh last. Yeah. Year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe special teams is something that they need to work on. I know Colby is a stickler for that, but uh, I don't know if uh, Houston has any special teams to offer to threaten them. But you're right. If, the, if your offense sucks and your defense sucks and the other team was looking pretty good last week. Uh, six points doesn't seem like too much to cover. I think I think the play is to go uh, breakers here. Go now, breakers. I actually went over. I don't. This is probably the 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 total I feel less confident about. But I do think New Orleans is going to be in the mid, at least the mid twenties or so. And I mean, Houston's going to put up like what fourteen points or so. So it's going to be pretty damn close. But I'm actually going to go over here. Interesting. Patty C you going over or under? I'm on the under 39. Uh, I'm tempted to go under two. I just need to see more from the gamblers uh, offensively. I don't think the breakers are going to be able to hold that uh, line, you know, uh, hit the over by themselves. And I don't think the gamblers are going to contribute much, contribute much to that over. So I think it's going to fall a little bit short. All right. We jump over to the second game. Uh, on Saturday, the Memphis Showboats, four o'clock p.m. Uh, taking on. And remember, Houston, New Orleans. There's no home crowd there. It's just Houston and New Orleans. Um, Memphis is in Birmingham. Birmingham, obviously, you know, does have the home crowd here, and they shut out all right for the Stallions last week. The Showboats are catching eight. The over/unders at forty-four and a half. Uh, Showboats plus three twenty on the money line. Plus three twenty on the money line. Um, I'm very curious to see what you guys are doing here, but I am all over. I'll just say I'm taking the eight points. I'm also taking the over because I think Memphis actually looked improved. Um, and now the, st- the stallions who actually lost like dude, the generals had like 150 yards more of offensive memory serves me correct than the, than the stallions last week. So there was some opportunity there that they left. Out there, I believe the Stallions actually gave up the most yardage in the whole league last uh, last week. I keep wanting to say last year, last yeah. week. Jeez. So I'm going to take the Showboats, and I'm also going to take the over. And I feel decent about both. I wouldn't be surprised if the Showboats won this thing on the money line. And I wonder if Birmingham. What about Birmingham now going to Slaughter? I mean, come on! Like the, now they have Jamar Smith out for the year. I wonder what they do because a lot of these leagues you play two QBs. Interesting. What's going to go on there, and then. Memphis, I thought the defense looked a lot better with Carnell Lake, you know, much, much better defensive coordinator than Pepper Johnson for what I could tell for one game. 
Uh, and then the offensive line looked better. They were running the ball more successfully. I'm buying into this plus eight, and it's not that crazy of a play to take it money line. Besides the fact, I guess the crowd. I guess you don't play a money line. Just give me the eight and the over. I wouldn't be shocked though. Nick, what are you doing here? I agree with you on both on both sides there. So first off, let's pour one out for Jamar Smith. I mentioned last week that when him and Skip Holtz, when when he starts for Skip Holtz team, they were twenty one and two straight up. We'll make it twenty two and two, but unfortunately, he's out for the year. Uh, but I mean, Birmingham still probably looks like the best team in the league, but look at their scores last year against Tampa Bay folks. Remember Tampa Bay is basically Memphis this year. Same coach, mostly the same roster other than a different quarterback, different running back. But so last year, Birmingham beat Tampa Bay 16 to 10 and 21 to 18. They were close games. And I think we can all agree. Memphis looks better than Tampa Bay ever looked last year. hundred percent. Birmingham yeah. probably is going to take a little bit of a dip here without Jamar Smith without Marlon Williams. I think you're definitely Sco- point Scooby here. rides dinged up too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I, I liked enough of what I saw from Brady white and Alex Collins looked pretty good too. The running back, the old yeah. Seattle Seahawk hadn't played football in a couple of years. Didn't look all that rusty. So uh, I'm on the points here and I do think it'll go over as well. Patty C what are you doing in Birmingham? Well, I mean, I kind of agree with you guys that the the passing game was uh, uh, successful. Uh, Jamar Smith, ten of fifteen for one hundred sixty yards. You know, completing sixty seven percent of his passes. Magoo did come in seven of eleven, so sixty four percent for uh, sixty eight yards. Impressive in his own right. So w- with four quarters at, with him at the helm, how are they going to look? Is the offense going to be able to crank at least through the air? Uh, despite Scarborough and Maribel, the, uh, the rushing game kind of sucked 87 total rushing yards, both disappointing. Um, I think I agree with you that the showboats were pretty impressive. Uh, and I think eight is too many and uh, Scooby, right. You know, generating a fumble right off the bat, reminding us all who he is. Hell yeah. Uh, and shark uh, dog. he's shark dog, but if he's dinged up, then yeah, th- it's just too many points. And then I guess with the over, yeah, I think Magoo might get the ball spread around enough, and I think the showboat showed enough offensively that I, I, I'll roll with the over two. Yeah, you wonder if Cole Kelly might see the field more for uh, for the showboats. We shall see. But all I right, thought look, Brady White looked solid. He did. He did. That interception, if anything, was kind of a uh, you know he was yeah. getting hit. So can't really blame him too much on that. Uh, look, before we get to Sunday's action, I want to tell you that the USFL gambling podcast is brought to you by the SGPN merch store. Yes. In honor of the NBA playoffs from now until the end of April, get 10% off of anything in the SGPN merch store when you use the promo code SGPNBA. So head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Use that promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything. We got USFL gambling podcast shirts in there. We got our brand new, you know, friend of the program who passed away. Mike Leach rest in peace to our, our coach been on the show a bunch of times. Uh, we got some brand new coach leach swing your sword t-shirts out there as well. Um, and yeah, just check that out. We got a lot of great stuff. So uh, do that. And remember as always folks to let it ride. All right, let's bounce on over to the next game, which once again, no real home team. This is the one location with no real home team. The new Jersey generals taking on the Pittsburgh Marlers 10 AM on the West Sunday morning. Um, this one's interesting here. So if you're in Canton, Ohio, by the way, the Canton club seats, did you see this deal guys? No, no. So you get 500 bucks, $550 for the season, but uh, $85 per game, 
$65 for group tickets. If you have, if you're part of a group. So, but you, with that, you get all you can eat buffet, free <laughs> domestic beer, wine, water, what? and soft drinks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also cushion seats with a premium view of the field and access to the uh, club lounge. So, all right. All right. You know, I, I, not to get off on total sidetrack, but I, I hate the term domestic beer. Yeah. Cause any little local brewery is making domestic beer, which is much better than Bud Light, Coors Light, and Miller Light. But I'm sorry. Domestic yeah. beer is basically, yeah, Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light. Yeah, Bud, that's what it Coors that's Miller. what it means, but the term is wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, how amazing. How amazing. That's the homebrew uh, uh sorry. <laughs> I know. Sorry, beer nerd here. <laughs> I, I'm just happy that, you know, you can get totally shit hammered to watch football for a reasonable price <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. because I mean, the NFL has said goodbye to that a long time ago, right? <laughs> long time ago. So shout out to the USFL for doing it right. Uh, so this game is in Canton, Ohio, jerseys, Maulers, neutral site. Uh, you should go though, because not only do you get to check out that the pro football hall of fame's there. Uh, Jersey's laying five and a half. The over unders at 36 and a half. The Maulers are plus one ninety. I know our, our friend of the program, Toby Johnson, who was on the show last season, he uh defensive starting defensive end for uh for the generals. He said, guys, ride with us. All right. We lost that game, but we're gonna be fine. All right. And I'm buying into that because look, I think DeAndre Johnson, we didn't see him play that bad last last year. All right. And pro cop, I think he looks better than Luis Perez, at least from an athletic standpoint. I think in that in that capacity, the offense, both quarterbacks can run, right? Which, you know, uh I think that in its own right, but then Darius Victor, stud. They didn't have Trey Williams. He's uh, I think he's gonna be good to go for this week. We don't know that hundred percent, but I think he is. Cam Eccles Looper looked the real deal. He he played good for me on my DFS squad. Um, and uh, they still got Satterfield and a few other guys. I think the offense bounces back. The defense, if anything, who is the guy? Uh, L L. What's his name? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, um, it is. Uh, I know who you're talking about too. Let me pull that up. You you pointed out to the, the two hyphenated guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know if so. L is Eccles hyphenated. Looper and and Pearson L. Pearson L. Yeah, that's right. Not Randall L. Pearson Pearson L. But similar. Yeah, similar uh, <laughs> kind of vibe there. And what uh, Echoes Looper uh, five for fifty four also had a couple rushes and then uh, Pearson L had a fifteen yard rush and uh, one for six in the receiving game but I expect Mike Riley to get those guys uh, th- I think the offense is going to be fine DeAndre Johnson's got to settle down a little bit but Pro Cop man I don't know about you guys I was like wait this guy was just sitting there in the CFL <laughs> you know I know they would use him in goal line packages in the CFL. He wasn't even starting most of the time in the CFL. So like that guy looked pretty damn good to me. Yeah. So, so, so uh, can the defense remember they lost Chris Dishman, the defensive coordinator He's now in, in the XFL, but uh, Ted Cottrell, longtime NFL assistant that looked a little shaky to me, but then again, Birmingham was really good on offense. So, but I'm all over the generals here. I think they bounce back. I'm laying the five and a half, the over 36 and a half. I know the Maulers defense looked good. I'm still taking the over. I think Mike Riley excels at offense. I look to, to see the generals t- alone get 24 or more, which then means can, can Pittsburgh score, you know, 12 <laughs> or 10 or seven. I, give me the over all day here. And, uh, and last week, uh, Pittsburgh put up 15. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a strong chance Jersey could score, could score 28, 31, something like that alone. Yeah. Cause uh, so, so Trey Williams coming back is huge. Yeah. So this is another game that opened up at two and a half. I, I ran to my book on Tuesday and I placed a pretty large wager on New Jersey minus two and a half. Cause I thought that was such an overreaction Easy. from week Easy. one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh looked like the worst offense by far. Their quarterbacks, it's the worst quarterback room in the league. James Morgan, Troy Williams. <laughs> them are Houston. Them are Houston. True. That's yeah, it, yeah. true. True. But well, what I mean, did they manage? Se- uh, tw- 72 passing yards last week, 84 rushing yards. I mean, that's <laughs> like what? 150 yards total offense and 3.3 yards per play less than the gamblers, which was 3.7. So technically <laughs> stretching the field, a worse offense. <laughs> so Didn't I thought get this- one of their touchdowns on the, on the punt return. Yeah. Pittsburgh yeah, got a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah. They also had a defensive so, touchdown. Oh, look, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so yeah. without that, their offense really was <laughs> the worst. Like, they didn't <laughs> score a single point on offense. <laughs> uh, good defense, two point good special right? teams. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I don't care if it's at five or five and a half. Now I'm still laying the points. I think New Jersey wins by at least a touchdown, if not double digits. I kind of agree with Colby here. I'm going to go over also. I think Jersey's in the mid 20s. If not higher, and I think it's a major bounce back spot for them. Yeah, I mean, if you if you got it at two and a half, awesome. But I wouldn't I wouldn't hesitate at five and a half either. Not at all, not at all. And uh, over is the play, Patty. See what are you doing? I mean, two and a half and five and a half is a decent middle, but I wouldn't even take the try and middle it. I think you're just losing money. I would take five and a half easy. New Jersey covers that, and uh, I think they'll I think they'll win by. 21 points. I think yeah. they're a way better team. I do you know. Too. And I think it's a lot. Um, yeah. 21 yeah. points. Was there any games last year where the, where was it that large of a, I think so. You, you, you got a full, I, I think the Maulers got rocked a couple times. Yeah. It was a 33, 17 game. I'm trying I'll to give remember. This, uh, yeah. I won't go through all, all the weeks, but it, <laughs> that seems like it's well, yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, Philly beat Michigan 46, 24 one week. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It has been done and Hey, it, it might be done here again. Yeah. The, the defense uh, is improved for Pittsburgh though. Obviously uh homeboy from Alabama stepping in at middle linebacker made a, a quick difference Ruben with the fumble Foster. down on the one yeah. Foster. Um, I, I'll give the, uh, what's his name looked a lot. I don't know if he's any uh, quicker or more agile. Maybe it's just the uniform. I will say those uh, white with the sh- uh, black shoulder uh, trim. Looked a lot better, uh, so the, they weren't as terrible looking as I thought they would be. Pittsburgh actually looked pretty cool, but um, I don't think that's going to make them win. Oh, oh, who is the other one? Uh, um, who's the running back? Not, Groshek, um, not Madre, London. Not, London looked quick. London looked yeah. quick. So, How did Groshek look? Slow. Not uh, not quick. The same. He, look, he looked <laughs> very quick. white. He looked very white. Yes, um, white is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, then we got the nightcap. Uh, and I'm curious, I'm going to ask you guys after this, uh, what the best game of the weekend is to watch, but the Michigan Panthers are hosting. This is it at in Ford field in that filthy dome should be in Yusplanty at the Eastern Michigan stadium, but it's not, it's at that filthy dome. The Michigan Panthers haven't hosted a home game there since 1986. I believe uh, don't forget that this is a rematch of the USFL championship in 1983, where the Michigan <laughs> Panthers beat the Philadelphia stars by two. This Revenge spread is, game. This spread game. is three. All right. The stars are laying three. Uh, the over unders at 46 and a half. The Panthers are plus plus one thirty five on the money line. I'm buying in Joe Walker is a fucking stud. 
I like the ground game for the Panthers. Now maybe it's Houston's just terrible, but Josh Love looked pretty on point. Joe Walker's good. Devin Ross, those wideouts were there a year ago. Continuity we talked about. Stevie Scott and Reggie Corbin, nice one-two punch. Jeff Fisher really must be this bad because I'm buying into the Michigan Panthers, and I think I'm curious what this crowd will be like at uh, in, in Ford Field. I think it's terrible to play in an NFL stadium because you're not gonna pack it, but. Uh, I still think this will probably be a little advantage to the Panthers there. Give me the Panthers as a live dog. I'm taking the three. I'm taking them on the money line plus one thirty-five. I'll also play Hello. the. I'll also play the over here. Nick, what are you doing? The, the, the over has jumped up big time too. Speed. I'm sorry to beat a dead horse here, but that, that over opened up at forty-one and a half, all the way up to what forty-six and a half now. Is that what you're showing? Yeah, forty-six that, and a half. Yeah, that 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 jumped up five points. Uh, you know what? I mean, look, Michigan, nice little outing week one. Congratulations. You guys look pretty good. Uh, you got the W you're one and oh, I need to see more. I'm oh. not as quick to Col as Colby to just jump on a new team. Cause they had one good game. You know what I like? I like the Philadelphia stars in that offense. I like the best quarterback in the league in case Cookus. I like Colburn, the running back who's dangerous as a runner and receiver. How Talk can you say he's the best quarterback in the league when Josh Love just threw two incompletions and one at 11, 11 yards of completion? That's unheard game, of in spring leagues. One game against the Houston Gamblers who looked awful. <laughs> I think you're a little too quick to jump on Michigan here. I'm going to go with the tried and true Philly Stars oh. who made it to the championship with basically <laughs> the same roster. And then they add in another receiver in Corey Coleman. They're receivers Devin Gray, Chris Rowland. Corey Coleman all balled out. And you know what? Jordan Sewell, who was their leading receiver last year, had a quiet game. These guys are loaded on offense and I don't, I, there's no stopping them. So look, Michigan much improved, but give me Philly all day. Lay the field goal. I would say also, I mean, look, uh, you're, you're getting cute when you sit there and say, <laughs> look, look at what Michigan did. They held Houston to just 194 yards of offense. They were a good defensive team last year with Jeff Fisher. Okay. So they bring back all those guys, Mike Nolan, defensive mind. They get it done. Ford field hasn't had a winner since uh, Bobby lane. All right. And he wasn't <laughs> even at Ford field. All right. Detroit I'm has curious, had a winner. I'm curious the tiebreaker here, Patty C what are what, what route are you going to go down here? Well, um, you know, both of you guys make good points. Uh, the stars are a much more proven commodity, obviously than, uh, than the Panthers, but you know, you have pretty short, uh, you know, supply of data here to, to work with when it relates to this year. Are we really going to trust last year as, as this like a holy source of data that that's going to translate to this year? I don't know that that's the case. I think maybe you need to take a, a shorter term view here. That said three, is it three and a half, three flat three. Now nah, I, I I'm going to ride with the stars to cover that, even though, you know, the showboats weren't that good last year. So uh, which I guess were what the, uh, the bandits. Yeah. Um, and so, but they weren't terrible. But four points you'd expect better from uh from Philly in that game. They covered. They covered. They, they covered, I guess. But and then uh, Panthers far. Great out. teams cover. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. I don't know. Three points just seems a little too few for the you know the defending champions against one of the worst teams in the league last uh, year. Defend, runner, runner, up, runner, runner up. Runner up champion. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I keep yeah. getting confused. They're in the championship every year. They didn't win it last year. Yeah. That's right. Uh, all right. Look, uh, what game do you guys want to see most before we get to DFS? I'm curious what game you guys want to see most. 
Can I pick one on Saturday and one on Sunday? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think Memphis Birmingham is uh, that, that's going to be a fun game. And then the, the game we just finished up talking about Michigan, Philadelphia, for sure. I think Michigan Philly's the one I want to see the whole weekend. Uh, no, no, I don't. It's in a dome. I'll go Memphis, Birmingham. I, I like how the two best games are on different days. You know, it's tough to, to you know, last week was the, the two best games were on Saturday and it's tough to dedicate that much of the day to watch all that football. At least for me. <laughs> yeah. I watched it all, baby. All right. I watched it all. Patty, see what game you're most excited to watch this weekend. I mean, I guess you have to say Panther stars just based on the Panthers kind of whooping butt and the stars being the defending runners up. Like we mentioned, plus well, it's the only game where they're both one and oh, I, I so. took the words out of my mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited for the generals mall. Actually, that could be a little bit interesting. Imagine if the uh, Maulers pulled the upset people in New Jersey, be losing their minds. Probably not, but uh, uh, 20 Maulers fans will be crazy. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know these games. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for another week of uh, USFL action. Um, all right, look, let's hop on over and talk a little DFS action. Um, Obviously, I mean, was I the only one to give away a nice winning lineup last week? Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, so. Well, it's kind of crazy with you, you and um, Adam rostering uh, DeAndre Johnson. Name? DeAndre yeah. Johnson, like I, P- Patty C and I were right at quarterback. Okay, we might have got unlucky everywhere else, but we were right taking Case Cookus last week. No. True. One one for eight ain't bad. True. <laughs> uh, luckily, some other guys balled out for me, but. I'm curious now, guys. What do you do at the quarterback spot? Do you go Houston's defense looked terrible last year? Do you go McLeod or last week, not last year? Bethel Thompson. Do you go Case Cookus? Does DeAndre Johnson have a bounce back game? Is it Dakota Pro Cop? Is it uh, you know, do we go since we know all the reps in Birmingham are gonna be with Mago? Uh, do we go him? Josh Love looked like Broadway Joe last week. Do we load up on him again? I mean, I don't think we want any. I, are any of you guys brave enough to play anyone in the Pittsburgh or Houston? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, that that's gonna I be mean, the winning lineup, right? I guess you know I should have paid a little closer attention because I, I rostered Houston just based on them high having the highest fantasy points per game and the lowest uh, salary, but that's the very uh, you know lowest cost. But that's obviously ignoring last week, so. Let's go back to the uh, the drawing board here. Well, defensively, who who should we rely on? Defensively, how about we start with quarterback? No, quarterback, quarterback, buddy. (laughs) Start off with quarterback. Yeah. So I'm going to take Bethel Thompson. Uh, Not only did he pass for the most yardage in Week One, but the matchup is right going up against a Houston defense, which gave up the most points in Week One. Uh, If you go Case Cookus, I I like it. Always like Case Cookus. I think love is an interesting play given that the stars defense is still not where it needs to be. So any of those plays I like, but, but give me Bethel Thompson. He sold me last week. I was buying in before last week. Then we saw him play. Uh, now I'm totally in. We might have our battle of bourbon just to start things off because I have, hey, the, I, I, I won a bottle against Adam last week. We'll see if he pays up. I'll, I'll win a bottle against you this week. Cause I have the money to go McLeod Bethel Thompson, but that breakers off. It's a line. We got a little question marks. Josh Love, Broadway Joe 2.0. Let's you, you go. Are, you are totally buying into the Michigan Panthers. Broadway Josh, <laughs> Broadway Josh, baby. Uh, do, do you own property in Detroit? Did you buy some 
Did you buy a house for $500? Maybe I got to see what I did when I got drunk last night. I might've, might've purchased some property. Um, Josh love 9,400 is my quarterback. Patty C what are you doing at the QB spot? You guys are out of your minds. Okay. Uh, we're talking about a proven commodity over the course of years, not only him, but the, uh, the offensive approach. So it's not just like him. It, the, the offense itself is going to hum no matter what. And you got a quarterback that can run it and cook us. Uh, and he's only like costing you $1,200 more than uh, Josh love at, at 10,600. Look, fantasy points per game. Case cook is average 16.6. Josh love 9.8 doubling them up for a thousand bucks more cookies out of my face. Yes. Cookies. Um, all right. All right. Fair enough. Let's jump over to the running back position guys. He averaged 11 yards a carry. Get the fucking guy, the ball. All right. I understand Pittsburgh's defense look good. Blitzburg's back. All right. I thought I saw for a second. I thought I saw a mo, uh, mean, mean Joe green there on that uh, Mahler defense. All right. Kind of struggle with that one. Did you? Yeah. I almost said Mo Vaughn. I almost said Mo Vaughn, the baseball player. I don't know how the fuck I, that's why we consume. Um, Greg Lloyd. You almost saw Greg Lloyd coming yeah, off the side yeah, there. Exactly. Uh, Darius Victor. 10.3 K you gotta do it. Cause we don't know if Trey Williams is playing. If Trey Williams is playing, maybe I back off Victor and I, I, you know, I try to go Colt. No, I don't even like Colburn against Michigan because Michigan, their defense was good last year. I, I thought about maybe playing Anthony Jones for the breakers, but their O line has been awful through the first week. Maybe there's something there with Alex Collins, but give me Darius Victor, the guy. <laughs> You can make a case he's been the best player in the USFL the past two years. Nick, what are you doing well, at running back? No, yeah. I with I'm with you. I have Victor also. Mike Riley is not an idiot. He probably was kicking himself, you know, after the game last week when they lost and he didn't feed him the ball. So they got down in a little bit of a hole and they, they would just went a little too pass happy. I think he overcorrects that this week and gives him lots of carries. And I also think maybe a lot of other DFSers will be off of Victor because he didn't get the touches. Everybody loves touches. Yeah. He didn't get the touches last week. I think he gets a lot more touches this week, and I think he does it with them. Oh. There we go. We both got him. And like a blind man in an orgy, he's going to have to feel his way out. Talking about Mike <laughs> Riley. All right. Uh, Patty C, what are you doing with the running back spot? You know, I went Colburn just because, you know, I thought there was okay value, but uh, I'm starting to, you know, second guess that as I well. I wouldn't even just second guess it too much. Look, I, I didn't go because I thought Michigan's run defense was good, but those stars running backs catch passes. So yeah, I, I can't exactly. disagree too much with it. But how many points is that going to get you? You had five touches. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Collins, uh, uh, Alex Collins from Memphis had like 16 touches last week. At, at some point, you got to trust. Uh, trust what they're doing with the offense. And maybe he'll spring spring one of those and be worth as well. But if you're only getting five touches, uh, you know, running, running the ball, you're not going to generate too many stats. So yeah, um, that said, he is explosive, uh, you know, on, on a couple games last year, you know, a, a few amount of touches was enough to get him to like 60 plus yard touchdowns. So, um, you know, he is an explosive player. So I, I'm going to ride with him, I guess, but I, I don't feel great about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, how many, uh, did you guys go three running backs or two? Two. I went two. What I do? Let me uh, double check my lineup here. Um, I went with. Uh, Tell I me, you roster Groshek again. 
<laughs> no, although yeah, it crossed please, my mind. Please do that. Eight touches. You know, the guy got his touches. No, I got uh Steve. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I got I got three backs. Ooh, okay. Um <laughs> uh my second running back is uh I'm going to <coughs> so my final running back. I'm actually I think this guy's a play you, you get we should all be playing. Stevie Scott at 8,200 against Philadelphia. That rush defense didn't look great. They weren't great last year. Michigan True. commits to running the ball. I remember Stevie Scott as an Indiana Hoosier, and uh, I think I think he can play. So give me 8,200. Stevie Scott the third. What are you doing here, Nick? I, I like it, but I didn't roster him. I I spent up $300 more for Alex Alex Collins, the Memphis Showboat. So here's why I like Collins. Not only did he, you know, take 14 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown, he got nine targets in the passing game. Nine targets for a running back. Yeah. And the backup running back for Memphis, he had two rushes, two touches all game. I mean, this is the Alex Collins show. And by the way, Birmingham gave up the most yardage in the league last Fair. week. So I spent three hundred dollars more. I like both plays, but let me roll a dice on Alex Collins. Patty C, what'd you do with your second running back? Um, you're right. Uh no, Alex Collins had 14 carries. Alex Jones uh had 19 carries. Anthony Jones. Uh yeah. Anthony Jones, rather. And then uh Steve Scott, that's who I went with as well. 12 carries. So he's getting fed. Um they have Reggie right. Corbin too, who's very good, but Stevie Scott looked pretty fucking good this past year or this past week. So I'm 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 uh buying into this Panther offense. Now, I think Patty C should probably give his third running back since he's the only one with a third back. Yeah, what are you doing with that third back? Going with the triple option? Well, I, you know, I'm really heavy in uh, the Philly game this week. I took Dexter Williams. Um, we'll hey, see if that he looked good, man. He looked good. I I I was uh, surprised he looked that good. So I I just think Michigan's defense is good. But yeah, I mean, uh, Bart Andrews' offense can fly in any weather. All right, even in the dome. So you took Colburn too. I got Colburn and Williams. So between the two of them, it's the same thing I did last week. I feel like, uh, and and how'd that work for you? (laughs) Didn't work out too well. Hey, I'll say this. Maybe they'll score more. Like you get those red zone scores, you know, True. I feel like last year with Scarborough and uh, gamble, uh, it worked out almost every week where they're going to combine Marable Marable. rather. Yeah. Um, And so uh, uh, Colburn and Williams this week, who knows, but Again, you know they 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 spread the ball around. I think both of those guys are explosive, and both will get their touches. I will say this: I had the generals with Victor and Williams a couple times last year on winning lineups. So there is that. Yeah, I, I think you target a, a run-heavy team when the matchup is right. Yeah, not sure if the matchup is right. Ooh, just coming at you, Patty. See, okay, so <laughs> calling us to see it. My top. Well, line. look, look, I got yeah. Cookus, Colburn, and Williams. And I'm expecting, like you guys said, uh, them to be throwing the ball around, you know, that it doesn't have to be a run. It's not a run heavy approach here. I'm expecting a lot of the fantasy points to come from the, uh, the passing game. So if Philly does get off this week with cookies, Colbert and Williams, then I'm going to be looking pretty nice. There you go. There we go. All right. Well, oh, jumping you, over to my top wide receiver guys. If you don't have him on your team, I'm I'm just going to be very disappointed in you guys as DFS players because if you watched <laughs> any of the game last week, did you guys catch my boy Joe Skywalker? Six for one hundred and five and a score. Six 
for one Oh five fucking Jerry rice. Jerry rice is back. He's in the, he's in the <laughs> USFL. He's looking like Anthony Carter used to be a, a, a Michigan Panther. Uh, so he's underpriced too at 7,400. I'm all over Joe Walker. Nick, did you go with Walker or, or what? I didn't. <laughs> let's, I, let's bet. Let's bet bourbon. Who the fuck did you go with? Right? <laughs> he was on my radar, but the thoughts of a new Orleans double stack with my quarterback, Bethel Thompson was too juicy to pass up. So I, my top receiver was Jonathan Adams who went five for 70 did not score. I, I think with, with, with new Orleans throwing for 300 yards, I think only one touchdown was kind of an, an, uh, an, uh, an anomaly. If I could speak over here, <laughs> so I think <laughs> we're going to have more passing touchdowns. I think Jonathan Adams, the most explosive breaker wide receiver. And I do want that stack with Bethel Thompson. So I see your point Colby, but give me Jonathan Adams instead. I, I, I had the money to spend. So why not? Oh, you want to battle that bourbon again? Let's go. Sure. Right yeah. on. Joe Walker's a legend. All right, uh, Patty. See what you do is your top wide receiver. I went with you. I, I went with Joe Walker. <laughs> Luke, I mean, Joe, <laughs> I am your father. Listen to this between uh, Cook is Colburn, Walker, Scott, and you got Williams. The whole, just watch this game. You don't have to watch five out of my seven <laughs> players. Five <laughs> out of my seven uh, spots are are in one game. So. Hey, look, I mean, I, I think we can see really early on this season that there's some good offenses and there's some bad ones. So you want to probably you know choose wise those good offenses. <laughs> I think yeah. it wasn't it last week when uh, Patty C rostered two Maulers. <laughs> He did. He went <laughs> grow, grow, yeah. Hey, uh, no wonder why you were in last place. Um, uh, my Lesson second, learned. my second wide receiver. Look, I'm not going to change horses midstream guys. I told you he's Cavante Turpin 2.0 cam Eccles Lupa. What does short singer say? Lupa. Um, I, uh, at 5,400, they clearly didn't watch the game last week. This guy's, this guy's going to have a big day. I know the Mahler's defense is good, but Cam Eccles Looper, look out for some some uh, jet sweeps, a couple wide receiver screens, maybe even throws the ball. I've seen, you know, he's got that side of him. Um, so at fifty four hundred, Cam Eccles Looper. Nick, what'd you do here? All right, so uh, my second guy is uh, Saint Surratt, who is also part of my double stack with the New Orleans Breakers. The former Demon Deacon caught five of nine targets, four eighty five yards last week. These receivers. The more they get in a, in the flow with Bethel Thompson, the more this passing attack is just going to go. And I mentioned the bad defense for Houston here, so I loaded up on uh, the breaker passing attack. Breaker, breaker, one, two, come on in now, says NC Nick. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, we we've been fans of this guy since he was at Wake Forest. You you reside in North Carolina, so I understand. Uh, you know, trying to trying to get one of your neighbors. Um, but uh, Patty C, wait, you have one more utility or no? I have. Uh, one I had a wide receiver, uh, okay. and I also went Sage Surratt, um, and uh, you know, yeah. I, so I didn't overthink it really. I just went with the two guys that had the most receiving yards last week, and both were targeted significant amounts, uh, oh. seven and nine respectively. Um, and so I think uh, you know I'll try that again. I, I will say that maybe um, I was scared away from um, who is it, Johnny uh, Johnny Dixon? Yeah. Um, 
who had a was targeted 11 times last week. So maybe I should go back to that. Well, but he only had three catches. So, um, but if you're getting targeted 11 times, I think that's a good sign. So maybe, I, maybe I should have gone that way, but instead Surratt was the one that did have the production. Plus his value was super low 4,200 for the guy who was second receiver in the league last week. Like and and you, you might see in week one where apparently Bethel Thompson wasn't all that effective in getting the ball to Dixon. So maybe those targets will come more over to Adams and Surratt this week. Mm, mm. All right. Well, look, my final guy before my defense, <laughs> I mean, 4,700. He's mispriced. All right. And I'm talking about the Sternberger, Jay Sternberger. This guy was a beast at Texas A&M. Look, he had five targets. Caught all fucking five of them, five for sixty-two, for, and a score. Look, the the closest guy uh, besides that uh, from a receiving standpoint, what Williams with three. This is their offense, especially I, I believe Magoo threw to him more than Jamar Smith. So now you're telling me Magoo's in there. Give me Jay Sternberger, forty-seven hundred. Nick, who's your final wideout? Talk about criminally underpriced. This guy won me the bet against Adam Pelletier last week. Last. Week he was only 3K. This week he's still 3.7K. Chris Rowland of the Philadelphia Stars. So look, he only had three for 22 and a touchdown receiving last week. He but also he runs three rushes for 22 yards. They get him the ball in a variety of ways, and especially when they're in the red zone. And you need this is my only piece of the Philadelphia Stars offense this week. You need to get at least some action there because they are the best offense in the league. So give me Chris Rowland for a very cheap 3.7 K. I like it. I like it. I, I like the fact they run them too. That is uh that is interesting. I'm also seeing by the, by the way that uh, right now I am seeing a game status report for the stallions and uh, Bo Scarborough not playing. So no Scooby, Wright, No Bo Scarborough, no Marlon Williams, no Jojo Tillery at cornerback. And obviously Jam- Jamar Smith out. Um, kind of surprised nobody's playing CJ Maribel. I mean, I think you got to play Memphis money line, right? You got to play it's Memphis not, money line. Not with a, not all those play. guys out. Come on. Uh, Patty C. Uh, wait, you've done your whole team besides defense, right? Yeah. And this is the one, but you know what? Since I've already uh, arranged it and they are the cheapest one, let's act like last week was an aberration. Um, and say that, Hey, this team generates turnovers They generate defensive points and they're going for super cheap. I'm going to take a flyer on the Houston gamblers defense to bounce back and generate at least some turnovers. Um, you know, uh, although, you know, if Pittsburgh scored a, a defensive touchdown last week, maybe there's value there too. What is the Panthers are only going for 3,800. So that's only a couple hundred bucks more, but um, I don't know. Gamblers are bust. Let's go. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. I, I so you're he's Patty sees a Pittsburgh guy likes to play the defense there at Pittsburgh. I'm going to, to the team that uh, gave up, uh, you know, they were not as impressive as we thought because Chris Dishman gone. Maybe that was the Ted Cottrell uh, to Chris Dishman effect, you know, but I think, you know, what helps defensive numbers when you play the Pittsburgh Maulers, give me the general's defense at 3,900. Nick, what are you doing here? Play the music. I told you the Pittsburgh offense looked awful last week. Yeah. I think it's an obvious play all over it. Um, Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that is our show folks. And uh, 
Yeah. I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, you listen to me. We'll put some more cash in your pocket. Remember last year I did have a first place lineup with for over a thousand dollars that I won. Uh, what 1500, I think it was 13. I don't remember what the fuck it Throw was. It up, but baby. Let's it up. go check us out. Uh, and folks subscribe to us on Twitter at USFL gambling. Um, also we're on YouTube. So give us a subscribe subscription, you know, and I'm not talking about one of those Maxwell house, 10 CDs. What, you know, to, uh, for one cent subscriptions. All right. We're not trying to take anything from you. Just hop onto their youtube.com USFL gambling podcast. And uh, look, give us all a follow. Uh, I'm on Twitter at the Colby D NC Nick's on Twitter at NC underscore underscore N I C K Patty C is on Twitter. Patty C eight, three, one. I also host the XFL gambling podcast. I also host the college football. We also host the college football experience. So subscribe, check that out. We talk college football year round. We've been doing this shit for years. Also check out the sports gambling podcast and uh, college baseball experience. I host as well. That's going on right now. Get the SGPN app for free in the app store and Google play store. Um, also come talk USFL with us in the discord sports gambling podcast.com slash discord. Uh, I think you'll enjoy that. They have every everything there. Even if you're CFL, whatever whatever the sport is um, that you dig, we c- you can come over to the uh, the Discord and talk it. I think you will dig it. Until next week when we have a reaction show, probably Monday. This is the USFL Gambling Podcast. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here. Run and shoot, shoot.